Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. This episode of Markets Daily is sponsored by CME Group. It's Monday, October 16th, 2023, and this is Markets Daily from Coindesk. My name is Noel Acheson, Coindesk collaborator and author of the Crypto's Macro Now newsletter on Substack. On today's show, we're talking about consumer expectations, Bitcoin ETFs, Ethereum fees, and more. So you don't miss an episode, be sure to follow the podcast on your platform of choice. And just a reminder, Coindesk is a news source and does not provide investment advice. Now, a markets roundup. Bitcoin finally looks as if it is on the move again. After trading range-bound for most of last week, it started climbing on Friday, took a breather on Saturday, and then late Sunday headed up again with a sharp jump earlier today. As we are recording this morning, Bitcoin has jumped sharply on rumors that BlackRock's spot Bitcoin ETF proposal had been approved by the SEC. However, a source from BlackRock has told us this rumor is not true, so Bitcoin's price should retrace the rumor spike. At 10 a.m. Eastern Time this morning, Bitcoin was trading at $27,755, up 3.4% over the past 24 hours and 3.7% higher than its price early Friday morning. This is probably down to a confluence of factors. There's the pickup in geopolitical tension, consolidating expectations that the US rates peak is in, and the continued evolution of Bitcoin use cases. I spoke in more detail about each of these in last week's episodes. Take a listen if you missed them. There's also now the positive news that the SEC has apparently chosen to not reject the court's ruling in Grayscale's suit against the agency. I'll talk more about this in a moment. Ether is also benefiting from the updraft. Earlier today, it was trading at $1,583, up 1.8% over the past 24 hours and up 2.5% since early Friday morning. In macro signals, on Friday, I mentioned the University of Michigan Consumer Report. This is a survey that the University of Michigan has been conducting since the late 1940s and consists of interviews of a sample of households to gauge consumer opinions on a range of economic factors, such as inflation expectations, job prospects, current conditions, and more. The data was not good. Expectations for inflation one year out jumped 
from 3.2% to 3.8%, the highest jump since April. This is not heading in the direction the Federal Reserve would like to see, and is relevant since inflation expectations impact consumer behaviour. Consumer expectations for inflation five years out increased by less, but still came in at 3% versus the previous month's 2.8%. Again, the wrong direction, and still notably higher than the Fed's target. Remember, this is for five years from now. Also, the Index for Consumer Sentiment registered the sharpest monthly decline since June of last year. This week will give us more U.S. consumer-related signals to chew on. Tomorrow, we get U.S. retail sales, as well as industrial and manufacturing production. And scattered throughout the week, we'll get more insight into the health of the U.S. housing market. Of course, we'll be bringing you any interesting shifts that we see. A key date for Fed watchers is October 19th, this Thursday, when Fed Chair Jerome Powell addresses the Economic Club of New York. This is the last week we get to listen to Federal Reserve officials try to massage public opinion before they go into their blackout period, which is the 10 days or so before any FOMC meeting during which they are not allowed to make public statements. For some traders, the blackout is a frustrating lack of signal ahead of key dates. For others, including myself, it's a welcome break from so much messaging. In stocks, the leading US indices closed mixed last week, with Nasdaq down 1.2% on Friday, the S&P 500 down half a percent, and the Dow Jones more or less flat. Performance was still positive for the week, with both the S&P 500 and Nasdaq up over 2%. Today, equities look set to open with muted gains as investors brace for a week of earnings reports. In Europe, the leading stock indices were mixed to down on Friday, with the German DAX down 1.5%, the FTSE 100 down almost six-tenths, and the broader Eurostock 600 up almost four-tenths. Today seems to have the same cautious tone, with some subdued recovery helped by news that the German wholesale prices fell more than 4% year-on-year in September, the steepest drop since May 2020. Asia saw a red day across markets despite moves on the part of authorities to reassure investors. On Friday, as the yen was yet again heading toward the key level of 150 to the dollar, Japan's finance minister gave the G20 notice that the central bank may need to intervene in the market to support the depreciating currency. Because currency intervention is a big deal that can affect other markets as well, giving notice is the polite thing to do before stepping into the market to buy yen in size, usually with dollars. The words seem to have helped. The yen has gained since then. But this kind of statement is not something the finance ministry takes lightly, and Japanese central bank intervention would be a strong signal that markets are strained. The finance minister's words were not enough to stem the stock market's decline, however, and the Nikkei 225 index closed down more than 2.1%. The Hang Seng index was down today more than 1%, while the Shanghai Composite's decline was only half a percent, mitigated by the government's injection of liquidity into the market earlier today. This was the largest net injection in nearly three years. In commodities, oil prices seem to be taking a breather after their fierce climb last week as traders nervously watch the unfolding conflict in the Middle East. On Friday, the Brent crude benchmark had its strongest day since April, rising almost 6% to break through $91 a barrel. So far today, prices are easing slightly, 
retreating almost a quarter of a percent to trade at $91.25. Gold prices also jumped on Friday, climbing almost 3.3% to deliver a weekly performance of 5.2%, the strongest since March. So far today, it has been catching its breath, dropping 8 tenths of a percent to trade at around $1,916. Stay with us. Next, we're going to talk about Bitcoin tailwinds and Ethereum fees. CME Group cryptocurrency futures and options provide market-leading liquidity for Bitcoin and Ether trading. These cash-settled contracts give full exposure to crypto performance without the hassle of holding the physical position. No digital wallet? No problem. Trade nearly 24-7 in a transparent CFTC-regulated market. Visit cmegroup.com crypto to learn more. This communication is not directed to investors of any specific jurisdiction or to recipients based in jurisdictions in which distribution is not permitted. It cannot be considered investment advice or results of market experience. Past results are not indicative of future performance. Trading derivatives products involves the risk of loss. Please consider it carefully. Full disclaimer included in show notes. Welcome back. In headlines today, we're going to be talking about some more headwinds for Ethereum. But first, some good news for Bitcoin. As I mentioned last week, Friday was the deadline for the US Securities and Exchange Commission to appeal the ruling in the suit brought against the agency by Grayscale. Grayscale is the crypto industry's largest investment manager and a sister company of Coindesk. In June of last year, it sued the SEC for what it saw as an unjustifiable rejection of its proposal to convert its GBTC fund into an ETF. The judges on the case wholeheartedly agreed with Grayscale, calling the decision, and I quote, arbitrary and capricious, end quote. The window to appeal has now come and gone, and the next step will probably be for the court to order the SEC to reconsider its rejection. This doesn't mean that the SEC will now approve a spot Bitcoin ETF. It could find another reason to say no to Grayscale. But other developments on the ETF front hint that approval is now the more likely option. A few days ago, ARK and 21 shares updated the filing to their joint Bitcoin spot ETF proposal, adding five pages of new text which suggests a constructive dialogue with the SEC. iShares and BlackRock have also updated their proposal, and in fact, as I mentioned earlier in the market section, rumor came out today as we were heading in to record this episode that that proposal had been approved. This has turned out to be false. However, Bloomberg ETF analysts have upped their probability that we will get approval before ARK's January 10th deadline to 90%, which is, you know, quite high. A report by Coinbase analysts suggests that spot ETF approval is already partially priced in. I don't agree, not yet, and here's why. The Bitcoin price is roughly 6% higher than it was on the eve of the judge's ruling but it is still 4% lower than its early August level, despite the sharp jump in probability of approval since then. Plus, the gain since the end of August can be easily explained by many other factors. One is the shift in US rates expectations. Another is a pickup in investor interest, with Bitcoin being the main gateway token. A third is an uptick in defensive positioning for a world in conflict. Over the past week alone, gold has jumped more than 5%. Bitcoin is likely to benefit from similar drivers. And Ether's price continues to drop. 
It is now below where it was at the judge's ruling at the end of August and well below the price at the time of the listing of the first Ether Futures ETFs earlier this month. This is a significant signal since, if Bitcoin spot ETFs are approved, Ether spot ETFs are probably close behind. That definitely does not look priced in. Speaking of Ether, a report published on Friday by crypto data and research firm Into the Block shows that transaction fees on Ethereum dropped by roughly a third over the past week, while those for Bitcoin increased. We'll leave a link to the report in the show notes. Part of this drop is due to the migration of transactions to Layer 2s, which are blockchains that process transactions faster and cheaper than on Ethereum, but which periodically anchor to the main network. This is a sign of success. Layer 2s enable greater flexibility in the construction of smart contracts as well as speed in their execution. While Layer 2s broaden the overall transaction pool, they do siphon off transactions from the main network, which impacts the overall amount of fees paid on Ethereum. According to the report, transaction fees on Ethereum are now at a three-year low. Not only does this signal weak demand for Ethereum block space, but it also has an impact on the supply and therefore the price of Ether. Ever since a key upgrade to the network last year, transaction fees on Ethereum, paid in Ether, are burned or permanently removed from circulation. For most of this year, the amount burned has exceeded the amount of new Ether issued to reward validators for their work in maintaining network consensus. That led to a declining supply of Ether which, assuming steady demand, should boost the price. Now, given the drop in transaction fees, the net new issuance has turned positive. The overall supply of Ether is again increasing, perhaps applying pressure to the price. We can see this in the performance. Ether has notably underperformed Bitcoin over the past month with a drop of 3.4% compared to Bitcoin's 4.5% growth. There's a lot going on today, but for now, that's it for today's show. For more crypto podcasts, check out the Coindesk Podcast Network. You can reach us at podcasts at coindesk.com, follow us, and if you like the show, please leave us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Markets Daily is produced and edited by Eleanor Paul, with executive production by Jared Schwartz. I'm Noel Acheson for Coindesk. We're back tomorrow with more market news and insights. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.